a second. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I've realized I didn't set up the overlay to properly reflect where people are. Virtue and ghosts should be switched, but we're going to figure that out because today is March 3rd, 2020, and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of you at the beginning of each and every single one of our games. If this is your first time hearing this message from us specifically. You can go to youtube.com slash indoor adventures and find, uh, or find all of our VODs. We record all of the games that we put up and then we just pop them over there. Uh, so that way, if you end up missing this game or joining us late, you can always go back and check it out there. Or if you are more of an AudioCast-like person, uh, consider going to anywhere where AudioCasts are made available for free. You can, of course, find us under the same moniker. If you are interested in also supporting the show and helping keep it as a self-sustaining thing, so that way I don't suffer the financial burdens personally, uh, you can consider going to patreon.com slash indooradventures where you can join us for our after show called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. <sighs> and I think... I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a quick checky right now, but I believe uh, Redbubble is, yes, Redbubble is still having their sale. So if you go to indooradventure.redbubble.com, they currently have a sale going off where you can use the, co the code 25CLOTHES to get 25% off of all apparel. Uh, that is, of course, for things like t-shirts, uh sweatshirts socks those kinds of things it doesn't apply to mugs or stickers but we have mugs and stickers there so we got you covered from head to toe in all sorts of wonderful merch uh but that is it for my spiel so rj who are you playing tonight hey everybody i'm rj and i'm playing hubris the <clears throat> tiefling warlock sorcerer Hey everybody, Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern, and tonight I'll be playing Gronk Gormblast! Hi, I'm LB Hackamup, and I'm going to be playing Virtue tonight. Nope, I no. fixed it. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Ghost, the Shifter, Blood Hunter, Cleric. Give me so much Ajita. I'm Wings, I'm going to be playing Virtue. I'm going to be playing Virtue, uh, the Tiefling Sorcerer Rogue. And... I am the indoor adventurer, and tonight I shall be your dungeon master. So, last we left off, all is not well in the city in the city of guilds. Uh, as you had met up with the planeswalker group known as the Gate Watch, they ended up having a brief discussion to figure out what to actually do. Uh, about the situation that was unfolding that being that nickel bolas has arrived on the actual sit uh has arrived on the plane and has been here for some time plotting a grandiose plan that involves the massacre of a countless number of planeswalkers so he may harvest their sparks uh hey gb we got a sub from the hype goblin I was ready. <laughs> Thank you, Hype Goblin. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a good one right there. There was added we sound. We, we you, love Hype us. <laughs> uh, so 
It was then that Nyssa began to cry out in pain. Being the elven planeswalker that she is, she felt a incredible connection to the Vitugazi, the large tree at the center of the Selesnian Conclave. It was then that Jace Balaren revealed using a series of magics Nicol Bolas's three uh, two-pronged attack, one of which was to cause a distraction by burning the Selesnian Conclave. The other was to open a gate in the middle of the Transguild Promenade to bring in the Dread Horde. And it was at that point that you all decided that you needed to take care of the Immortal Sun, an artifact brought from the plane of a Monquette, which was keeping all of the Planeswalkers trapped here on Ravnica. It was then that your group was then sent to actually take care of this with the help of the uh, Ravnican Medusa known as Vraska. Together, your group evaded a large cluster of, uh, of this dread horde and made your way underneath the city streets of Ravnica and found yourselves uh, in a chamber, a chamber that had as you could see, the Immortal Sun, this powerful artifact. Vraska, being a little bit too foolhardy uh, and sure of herself in this situation, ended up running forward and falling down a invisible, uh, an invisible floor and is currently outside of your purview. But it was then that you saw a figure with a smile that is just leaking uh this powerful red magic who said uh who called out to ghost a figure that they recognized as this figure was none other than sarkon vol it was then that sarkon began to transform himself into a dragon after saying hello vixen and in response to this shape being changed, Hubris, you lashed out with a ninth level lightning bolt because you're a warlock and that shit's nutty. To which Sarkon Vol took it in he took it in stride and is still changing his shape. It is at this point that we are going to be picking up as Sarkon's body completely swells. That is my bad for having my ringer on. I'm a bad person. It's fixed now. And Sarkon Vol is changing into the form of a huge red dragon. So with this, I would like for everyone to roll initiative as Hubris has just blasted out with this lightning bolt. Uh, 14. 13. 18. 26. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so... The one who is going to be going first is virtue sarkon mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that'd be a bit concerning um <clears throat> all right bonus action virtue's going to summon her shadow blade uh and 
Is, can she get close enough to attack him? Oh, for sure. All right, she's going to run up to him and booming blade at advantage because we're in dim lighting. Yeah. All right, um, a twenty-two. A twenty-two will hit. Okay, uh, and since she has, I'm assuming there are no other enemies around. It is just Sarkon in this space. Oh, cool. Um, she is going to sneak attack on this as well. So that will be nine psychic damage. Oh, and uh, she's also got to add her booming blade to that. Nine psychic damage, three thunder damage, and oh, that rolls, that rolls, that rolls. Four sneak attack. Okay. And uh, she will just continue on her way until she's about 10 feet away from him. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so it is Sarkon is then going to use a legendary action to make a tail attack towards you, Virtue, as the tail has a reach of 15 feet. Oh, boy. That's fine. That is a 26 to hit. Yes, that hits. Okay, so... Oh, you know what? You said a 26? Yes. Never mind, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so you are going to be taking 12 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Kronk, what is your dexterity bonus? <laughs> uh, no, uh, not say zero. Okay, so... Sarkon also has a plus zero to his dexterity bonus, but because your number is higher, you are going to be going first. Okay. Woo woo. All right. Uh, so, and, you know, rage out for bonus action, rush forward the great sword, the old thunder tongue, and uh, rage, reckless attack. Yeah uh going for it okay so uh 21 hit yep all right reroll ones and twos all right nine nine and eight is 17 plus nine 26. Um, I do believe that's the first hit. And second attack. Oh, nat oh, natty 20. <laughs> I got a one and then natty 20. <laughs> that's a weird one. Um, and so uh, we double the dice. Yep. Okay. I double all dice on my channel whenever, <laughs> whenever a crit is scored. All right, um, and I will, and in that case, I will use a superiority dice okay. um, to hit him with the uh, frightening. Let me see real quick. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Want to give him the uh, yeah, the menacing attack. Okay. Um, if he fails, it's a, a wisdom saving throw, DC 17. On a failure, it's frightened of me until the end of my next turn. 
Uh, that is a 23. Okay. He is not afraid of me. Okay. Um, but a lot of damage. Okay. 11 and 8 is... Uh, 19. And then 16 more. Uh, 25. 35. 35 plus 9. Uh, 44. All right. And then I will... Uh, it, does he appear to be taking all this damage? Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I will action surge and do it all again. Okay. Uh, 27 to hit. 27 hits. And reroll ones and twos. Okay. 11. 11 and 7. 18. Plus 9. Uh, 27. All right. And the last attack. Oh, yeah. 28 to hit. Jesus Christ. Um, well, 19 plus 9, right? 28. Okay. That's so why every ghost action figure comes complete with Kronk. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I will throw in one more of those superiority dice on this one, but I uh, will do the, uh, instead of the goading or the menacing, I'll do the goading attack. So he will attack me back instead of anyone else. And I'm like, stupid wizard. And, and he needs to make what save? 17 wisdom. Okay. That is a 16. He fails. Okay, so uh, attack me or attack with disadvantage. Okay. And uh, so then the damage on that is 8 and 7, which is 15 mm -hmm. plus 1 plus 9. 25. 25. Okay. There it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good to be the barbarian. Yes. All right. Well, barbarian fighter. It is now Sarkon's turn. Ruh-roh. Mm -hmm. And Sarkon is going to take flight. So he will provoke an attack of opportunity from you, Kronk. God damn it. Uh, damn it. I'm like, can I instead grab him <laughs> and take a ride? Um, all right. Attack of opportunity. Um, God, my stupid dyslexia. Uh, 18 and 9. That'll hit. Okay. Uh, 5 and 5 is 10 plus 3. 13 plus 9. 27. Um, there. There it is. Attack of opportunity. Get on turn. Okay. Sounds Get him good. in the butt on the way out. Okay. Uh, so Sarkon then is up in the air and twists around. And you see this deep yellow turning into a red coursing up from his gullet until you can see this energy crackling in his mouth. I need everyone to make a dexterity save. 
18. That's a no for me, dog. 18. Okay. Uh, what's the rogue thing with dexterity saves? Uh, if you fail, you take half. If you succeed, you take nothing. Okay. But you have to be a specific level of rogue in order to get that. Do you have uncanny? Uh, it's not uncanny dodge. Evasion. Evasion is like one of the high level ones, I think. All right, I don't have it yet. Just checking. If you have uncanny dodge, you can take half of half. That's fine. I should have used that earlier. 21. Okay. So the only one who actually makes this is going to be Virtue. Everyone wow, you have an 18? Everyone Whoa. who fails is going to be taking 50 points of fire damage. Mm, mm, mm. On a success, mm, you take half. Nice. Can my reaction to have that? Yes, you can. Ghost is down, I think. And RJ, what's Sarkov 50 out of 96? Up into the air. 46? Okay. Ooh, can't take another one of those. I am just about bloodied, y'all. Yeah, that's I'm nice. I'm, I'm bloodied. Okay. That is Sarkon's turn. He is lifted himself up into the air and is currently just flying above you all looking incredibly imposing no longer wishing to be along the ground and he smiles in his draconic form and in common you hear him say there's nothing you can do this is your grave and that is it for his turn. So the next up is Hubris, because Hubris, you've got a 14. Is it an interact object to pop a potion of healing and shove it down Ghost's throat? That is an action. It's an action? Okay. Cool. I'll do that. Oh, I think we did good. You heal 44 plus 4. Hopefully. Yay. 13. Um, I have a bonus action. Sugar honey iced tea. One. Um, that's an action. That is not an action. I'm gonna use my sorcerer point to bring down my uh, eldritch blast to a bonus action and fire two off at him. Okay. Uh, first one is a uh, sorry, twenty four. Twenty four hit. hits. Second one is uh, natural twenty. Nice. Suck a dick. Um, he takes 22 points of force damage. Okay. And I'm going to use my movement to, like, kind of distance myself away from ghosts and everyone else. So if there's another breath attack, not everyone's going to get caught. Okay. 
sounds That's good. At the end of your turn, he is going to use a legendary action to perform a tail attack. So, Kronk, you have made it clear that you are the biggest threat to Sarkon at the moment, so this tail is going to whip out towards you. Uh, it would be advantage because I did uh, reckless attack, but I'm wearing a cloak of displacement, which okay. would give him disadvantage, so it's just normal. Does a 23 hit you? Definitely. Okay. Sounds good. So then that is going to be for 17 points of bludgeoning. Uh, did you already cut that in half for rage? Uh, I did not. So okay. then it would be eight. Eight. Okay. And I will use Stone's Endurance as my reaction. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. So then next up is Ghost. Ghost is going to use Healing Word at second level on herself. Because I'll... Uh, as my bonus action... Oh, bu bu boy, that hurts. Um, do I get plus your spellcasting magnifier? So that's um okay. And then Ghost is going to pull out in her bag. How far away is he from me? He is. I would say at this point, roughly thirty-five feet away from you. Ghost is going to take out a little metal ball and she is going to uh, hold it in her hand and lob it in the air and say grovel. Okay. She's going to use the iron bands of Brillo on him. What is the size category for it? Huge. Okay. Uh, let's see. That would be plus my proficiency is a now what? Fuck it. I'm going to use my channel divinity as a guided strike. So that's 20, 28 to hit. Okay. He is then hit. All right. Uh, the creature. So he is then bound with this. Um, blah, blah, blah. Target is restrained until so you take a bonus action to speak the command word again to release it. Um, blah, blah, blah. The creature uh, can use an action to make a DC 20 strength check to break the bands. On success, they are destroyed. Okay. So, and then Ghost is going to back the fuck up. All right. Sarkon tumbles out of the air and then lands down onto the ground yet again. So. That is, now that they are on the ground, because restrained, let me see. Restrained. restrained doesn't mean prone, right? No, they have fallen to the ground. Um, Attack rolls have it, uh, against it have advantage. And the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. Okay. All right, so it is then going to use a bonus, or not a bonus action, a legendary action, uh, the last one for the round, to then whip out towards Kronk. Whip. And that is another 23 to hit. It hits. <laughs> for 13 points of bludgeoning damage, round down to six. All right. 
All right, so at the end of the first round of combat, we are going... I, yeah. I forgot to mention, sorry, it happened like forever ago, but when he flew away, he should have taken damage from Booming Void. Roll it. Uh, six. Okay. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> Every point counts. I'm gonna take as many as I can get. Hey, you guys are, are fighting an, an evil red dragon planeswalker. This makes sense. So we are going to then cut over. Uh, and this is going to be happening at the end of each round of combat as long as combat goes on to get, uh, to basically view what all is happening during this war. And we go over to see the Vitugazi, the Selesnian world tree. The fires are getting close at this point. And as a portal opens up, out walks Nyssa, Jaya, uh, as well as um, a blue-skinned individual that has that was part of the gatewatch that you didn't really interact with before as well as chandra and chandra quickly begins to use her control over fire to then wrangle in a lot of the wildfires that seem to be sparking here but one of the main concerns that you see is that the individual that has been identified as tezzeret is leading a charge towards the city tree. And at this point, the blue-skinned individual that is part of your Planeswalker group is attempts to run up towards Tezzeret and begin interacting with him. And the encounter that ensues is epic in levels of proportions. You see that as they get close, there is just this wave of purplish energy that washes over Tezzeret, and it's almost like there is a barrier that is pre that is preventing this Vidalcan planeswalker from getting near. As they get close, Tezzeret looks towards Chandra, and with a single motion of his hand, makes a crushing motion, and the metal that was being worn by this Vidalcan begins to pierce into their skin, and you watch as their own armor begins to crumple around them as Tezzeret the Seeker has found their newest target. Nyssa is doing all that they can to rally the Selesnian troops. The Azurius Law Mages and the Boros Legionnaires that are there are scared. And fear is not something that Boros admits to having, and if they do, they do not take the situation lightly. And fighting against the oncoming Dread Horde, you see angels take to the sky. You see humans riding on the back of winged lion-like beasts known as the Felidar. And they are doing all that they can to prevent this wave from coming in and crushing everything. You watch as Nissa's eyes erupt with this greenish energy and roots begin to rip up from the city streets, knocking over buildings and towers as nature begins to reclaim in the most forceful and destructive way that it possibly can. And these planeswalkers begin to fight, and this is unlike anything the people of Ravnica have ever seen. And looking up overhead, 
all of the clouds in the sky are being drawn towards one particular place, a place that we all know is the Transguild Promenade. We now return to our regularly scheduled combat. Virtue, you are at the top of the round. Nicol Bolas is, or not Nicol Bolas, sorry. Uh, Sarkon Vol is currently trapped within the confines of these iron bands uh, and is on the ground. You know that all of your attacks against him will have advantage. That's cool. That's real cool. Um, glaring brilliance. Needs to make okay. a wisdom saving throw. A wisdom save? That is a nine. Cool, that doesn't make it. Um, she uh, is going to run out in front of him until she's right in front of his face. Uh, and she looks at him, her eyes glow white for a moment, and this iridescent flash, just like, um, like, a, like a flash grenade, uh, just pops in front of him as she says the draconic word for light. Uh, and she casts a dangled solar flare on this boyo. Uh, he is blinded. He's having a bad time. Until until a certain mm, this is this is her, one of her planeswalker things. So until 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 something, I'll I'll look it up for you. Um, but she is also going to cast um, mirror image on herself as her action okay and i think that is the dang old turn Alrighty, kronk uh he's down or he's he has restrained been he is restrained and has been brought down to ground level All right. uh actually while he has been brought down uh he's still going to use a legendary action because i have to i I am very unused to using legendary action, so I'm trying to think of action economy. But he is going to try mm -hmm. and whip his tail out towards the individual that then did the blinding upon him. Cool. Please do so at disadvantage, Mr. Blinded Person. Yep, so that's a 28 to hit at disadvantage. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, and then because you cast a mirror image, uh, I need to roll a d20. I got an 8. What does that hit? Is that hit um, a real hit, you or a mirror? It hits one of my fake boys. Okay. Sounds good. So then the fake boy takes 11 points of bludgeoning damage, but I don't think that they actually have HP. Yeah, I think they just go down if you hit them. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. It, uh, a, an illusory virtue is destroyed, and there are now three of her just kind of interposed amongst them, just kind of doing the dance. Okay, Kronk, it is your go. Uh, Kronk and leaps through the air and uh, is going to attempt to drive the uh, thunder tongue into uh, a soft, squishy bit on the dragon. You have um, advantage without recklessly attacking. Correct. And I'm going to, because of that, I'm going to use it's one of the great weapon bloody blues, which I will name so that we actually know. Got a minus hit. five, then a plus ten. Yeah, it's the great weapon master. So minus five to hit, but plus ten on damage. Alright. So uh so thirteen plus four is only seventeen. Seventeen does not hit. Boom, for the first attack. Arr! 
and redoubles his efforts. Oh, God, a three and a one. So, yep, even with advantage, I'm hitting, I must be too raged out, and I struck the metal on the, uh, of the iron bar and bands. Okay. All right. Fudge. It is okay. now Bolas's turn, unless there was a bonus action. Or, sorry, I keep saying Bolas. <laughs> yep. It's because the iron bands of Barillo are really oh, fucking, it's... like, <laughs> mentally wrecking me. So is there a bonus action that you'd like to do, Kronk? Uh, I will, I guess, take my sh uh, second wind now while I, I'm still alive to do so. Okay. Um. <laughs> and then, so Ghost for the Iron Bands, they have to use in action? Correct. Okay. Sounds good. So they will do just that. and They, they will... have to make a strength saving throw. Yes. DC 20. They're going to use a legendary resistance to automatically save. Okay. And as they do, Sarkon, while his eyes are completely whited over with this opalescent brilliance that came from uh, Virtue, they look unerringly towards you, Virtue. And with a large smile, you uh, you hear them say, I don't need eyes to see the truth, that you are weak, and that you will make a tasty meal for the gods. And they, that's all that they can do. They are now up. And you believe that this dragon literally doesn't need its eyes to see. It has blind sight. Cool. And that is it for its turn because it had to use a full action. Okay. That's it from him. Next up, Hubris. Oh, I'm going to use my Hexblade's Curse. Get some meaty damage coming up. <sighs> I hate my life. Um, from his Ring of Spell Storing, he's going to cast... Uh, what was it? Scorching Ray at 4th level. So that's 6 Scorching... <sighs> Sorry. Why do I do this to myself? So it's three, five rays. Each ray does 2d6. Okay. Ah. Okay. 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 This is uh, some mental math. Sorry, guys. Uh, five and eight doesn't hit. Nope. 17 plus eight, 25. Um. 23? Yep. Okay, so 26, and the other one doesn't hit, so that's 3... 66 plus... 12. Um, they take 32 points of fire damage? No. Probably not. Don't. They don't? They cool. take nothing. 
they're they're immune to it. They are immune to fire damage as a red dragon. Great. Uh, and yeah. the scorching rays just wash over Sarkon's form, and you hear a deep rumbling chuckle. Oh, I'm gonna hate doing this next. All right, that's me. Okay. At the end of your turn, Sarkon is going to use two legendary actions to perform a wing attack. Specifically for Virtue and Kronk, I need you both to make dexterity saves. Okay, uh, I'm gonna roll my mirror image to see if he hits. The Since this is a dex save, this isn't a mirror image thing. Like, it targets everyone within 10 feet of where he is. So your mirror images don't take the damage because you aren't being targeted. It is just affecting you. Okay. Uh, 18. Okay. Kronk? Even with advantage for barbarian alertness and all that, I, I still uh, only get an 8. You both fail. You are both going to be taking a total of 20 bludgeoning damage and will be knocked prone. I'm going to use my reaction to have that. Okay. And Sarkon then lifts himself up off the ground yet again and is once more in flight above you. This time circling themselves slightly farther away from where you are just to put some distance. They're still in the air, so they are now they now no longer have to worry about the direct melee attacks. So, Ghost, it is your turn. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing. Um, I'll use uh, Ghost will uh, a light will shine from within her and she's going to cast Oh, no. Did I use... I didn't use a third level spell yet, right? You used a second level spell. Yeah. Okay. You might have taken the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, I am going to cast... I don't know if this is even worth it. Uh, I'll cast another second level healing word on uh, on Hubris. as my bonus action and my regular action is uh or my yeah my action is going to be to uh that's nine healing sorry um i guess i'm gonna guiding bolt him you can't cast two spells that require spell slots that's true i'm gonna hit him with my crossbow Okay. Well, that's a 25. That'll hit. Okay, get in. Take seven damage. Okay. Every point counts. And at this point, Sarkon looks bloodied. <laughs> I'm gonna shift also to um, and physically move over to a to the to a wall or something. I don't know. Okay. 
sounds good. And you hear Sarkon say, Oh, Vixen, you cannot hide from me. And as it is the end of the round, that is where we are going to move back to the surface to witness what happens with the War of the Spark. It is the Trans Guild Promenade. And looking at this large archway that has turned itself into an interplanar gate, you realize as the viewer that the reason why the Dread Horde is able to come through in its masses is because these undead, while as sentient as they may seem, by the laws of magic are not considered to be living things. Uh, so planeswalker abilities that are only ever meant to transfer a singular person do not apply to these rules. And through these archways, you see that there are humanoid-sized ones, there are giants, and then there are the remains of what look to be ancient gods that have this same dark coloration bleeding from their eyes, these deep red pupils of those that have suffered the fate of necromantic, of necromantic powers. There is a woman that stands behind this horde near the gate, and with a move of her hand and a look of remorse upon her face, she controls the fate of each of the Dread Horde. This individual is Liliana Vess, and she begins to, almost like a conductor in some of the finest musical works that have been thusly created, she motions and these undead gods bring down buildings. They overturn entire caravans large animals these stomp howlers that you had seen succumb to the effects of the dread horde and without even a second glance liliana upturns her hand and they too join the masses of the undead ranks that are now overtaking ravnica the beasts that daka had actually ridden previously and hated every moment of these sky swallowers begin to come down in droves from the actual clouds themselves having been drawn by this sheer energy and one by one these flying leviathans are brought asunder by the horde and one by one these sky swallowers join another portal opens this time coming out of it you see gideon jura you see Ajani, you see Jace, and together these three begin to formulate a plan. Gideon nods towards Jace and Ajani and begins to run, and you see him running towards what looks like a large opening towards the sewers. This is the same opening that Ghost, you had actually jumped, uh, you had actually climbed yourself out of, but you had no idea how deep it actually went down. 
leading Ajani and Jace to fight side by side to prevent the onslaught as best they could of the Dread Horde. Jace is doing a variety of magics. Ajani is. Ajani's roar is enough to send waves of them back, but the two of them know that there is no time left, and Jace is dead set on facing off against one of his oldest allies turned turncoat, Liliana. And as the two of them look, a shadow appears over the gate. With two large outstretched wings and horns that form into a crown-like shape with this large stone now present in between them, you watch as curled talons wrap around either side of the gate, pulling up what looks like a dragon older than even the most ancient beasts that you have ever seen in your lives. This is an elder dragon. This is Nicol Bolas. We now go to the top of the round with Virtue. Okay, how high in the sky is he? He is, at this point, about 40 feet in the air. 40 feet. Okay. Um, Shadow Blade is a light finesse weapon with the throne properties um, uh, with a range of 2060. Uh, I already have advantage on uh, dim light and or blindness. Um, so with disadvantage, it would cancel out and just be regular. That is correct. Okay. I'm going to try and hit him with the shadow blade from where I am. Oh, shoot. I rolled two dice anyway. Sorry. Uh, words, words, words. 24. A 24 hits. Okay. Uh, shadow blade damage. Um, I can't do a booming blade from this far, but that's okay. Uh, two sidekick damage, and then um, it didn't have advantage on this attack, so can't do a sneak attack. Um, and then for my bonus action, I'm going to get out one of my daggers, and I'm going to throw that as well. Which has the same stats, basically, except a little bit less damage. Um, that one's going to be a 21. 21 hits. Okay. Uh, three piercing damage. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to try and get a good distance away from everybody else for not to be within breath weapon. Uh, range and I end my turn okay sounds good next up Kronk Sarkon is 40 feet in the air yeah um I guess Kronk just yells out yeah either he's gotta either he's gotta come down or I gotta go up <laughs> hoping for someone to use some magic and uh I'll interact uh, he's forty feet. I can I can only jump twenty. 
Otherwise, I would try it. Unless there's something to parkour off of in here, which I assume there is not. There is not. Okay. Um, so as I go running over there, so that, again, we're not all bunched together, um, I will interact with object, take my uh, superior potion of healing, I guess. Okay. And... Um, Yeah, that's that's all I got. I got nothing until I can get to him. That's it. Up in the air, you begin to see dust and brief bits of rubble filtering, uh, filtering in from the structures above, and you realize that this war that you have seen this is this could be the end and with the amount of undead that end would just be it for your soul but not your body and sarkon knows this and with wings spread wide emanates a presence of pure terror I need everybody to make a wisdom save as they use their frightful presence. Thirty twenty. Twenty-four. <clears throat> Twelve. Seven. Ghost, you and hubris are now immune to the Frightful Presence ability for the next 24 hours. Kronk, do you have anything that prevents you from being frightened? Uh, no. Not that I'm aware of. This is a new feeling for Kronk. Yeah. Never before has Kronk felt fear, but in this moment you realize you could die down here. This is not a fight that will be as easily won as facing off against the Xanathar, as easily won as riding off Manchun at the end of a campaign. This could be the end. Virtue, this terror is in every fiber of your being. Virtue is, was never the strong one to begin with. Terror is something you are used to. And knowing that this beast at any moment can regain the ability to rain fire down upon all of you, this is fear. And you and Kronk both are frightened for the next minute. Thankfully, you can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turns, That's still, still spooky. And Sarkon then flies down to Kronk. And with a claw reaches up and swipes down towards you. Uh, at, dis at disadvantage. Yes. Does an 18 hit? Yes. Okay. 
So that is going to be for 15 points of slashing. So cut that in half to eight. Okay. And then they make a second attack with them claws for 29. It's you saved yourself from getting a from getting natural 20. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the, not only that, but adamantine armor. Ting! Yes. So. Uh, and then 14 points of slashing have to seven. Okay. And then they are going to make a bite attack towards you. Ugh, okay. That is also a disadvantage. You saved yourself from another natural 20. <laughs> but they still got a 33 to hit. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> too high. It's yeah, way it's, over. It's, it's way too high. It's 10, 10 plus, he, he overbites. Um. Okay, so for 21 points of piercing damage, round down okay. to 10. All right. And then for seven points of fire damage. Okay. So 17 more. Much easier for my dyslexic brain to do it this way. Sorry. Yes, for fine. all the clicks. Okay. And that um, is Sarkon's turn. So next up, Hubris. He turns his head over to where Ghost is. There's a small smile on his face as he points his arcane focus towards Sarkon, and he's going to cast Magic Missile at fourth level. Okay. That cool? Yeah. Uh, he deals 50 points of force damage. Okay. For the fourth level missile? Uh, because I also have my Hexblade curse on him, which adds an additional plus four per hit. Is it per... So, it's per damage dice. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. So I add an additional 30 to that. Yuck. I didn't get hex up, so I don't get the extra 66. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I could have been a kill. Uh, bonus action, he's going to eat a spell slot to get uh, some sorcerer points back. Okay. Your gun is cackling as it fires. Just this vicious <laughs> laughter with each pull of the trigger. And... As you do this, at the end of your turn, Sarkon is going to use two of his legendary actions mm -hmm. to fly directly towards you. Kronk, I need you to make a dexterity save. Okay. And I can see him flying at me, so I get the barbarian advantage for dex saves. <laughs> doesn't matter because both dice are 11 okay so you are going to be taking a total of 15 points of bludgeoning damage okay. uh, move that down to 7 points for you okay. because raging uh, and then you are knocked prone again that trick, <laughs> that trick never works um, okay but Hubris, you now are staring dead at the eyes of a red dragon. You can do a lot of fun tricks. 
Oh, to turn into something as mighty as this. He spits at the dragon's face. Dragon just raises a finger. Oh, he's blind. He can't see that. Uh, the blindness effect is only for one round. Oh, cool. He Middle finger it. right in his face. And as you give a middle finger, Sarkon just continues to chuckle. He says that he likes your spirit. Ghost. Are we in the room with the immortal sun? You are. What does it look like? It is a large mechanical contraption that you see there is actually a ledge separating. Uh, like there's basically a, a uh, crevasse between where you are in the room and then over where the immortal sun is stationed, which Raska had not seen when she was initially running uh, as there had been the invisible floor. Um, how is it like, how does it function? Is it being held up by something? It rests upon the ground. And it's turning? No. Or is it just- do, It is do, emanating a magical energy. So it needs to be like dispelled? It has a command word. Were we told? Word. Oh, you a command told, word. Yes, you were told were that we it told has a command, command word? word. You were not. <laughs> Great. Vraska cool. knows it. I'm going to use sending. No. <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> hey, what's that word again? Uh, uh, ghost is going to uh, target uh, Dragon Boy. Uh, and try and guiding volt him. Okay. Oh, that's a 19. Uh, 28. That hit. hits. Okie dokie. Oh, shit. Uh, 20 damage on him. Right? Did, did I don't add anything to that? Mm -mm. Okay. Radiant damage. Okay. Uh, everyone gets advantage. What? The next everyone attack. Gets yeah, the next attack gets advantage. And then I am going to... Let me make sure I'm doing this right because I haven't done it before. Is he within 30 feet of me? He's not. Oh. I'm going to move so that he's within 30 feet of me. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to cat, or I'm going to use blood curse the binding on him. What and does he, that do? Uh, as a bonus action, reduce the speed of a creature up to a size category larger than you with, uh, within 30 feet. If it fails a strength saving throw, it lasts until the end of your next turn. It will so use DC. a legendary resistance. Of course it does. Fine. Um, that is my turn. Okay. We go back to the surface. And at this point, Ajani and Jace are surrounded. They are doing the best that you can, that they can. And Ajani has summoned allies to his aid. You see that these are spectral Leonin warriors, one of which looks similar to Ajani. And 
As the viewer, you know that Ajani has summoned the spirit of his brother to fight alongside him to face off against the creature that took him from him. And we look then towards Gideon running through the city streets with a blade as black as night in his hand. Normally, Gideon would use a his... Uh, battle whips that come from his gauntleted hand but in this moment he is just using this long sword with the finesse and know-how of a trained fighter Gideon is a gladiator he was a prize fighter to him a weapon is the extension of his arm and as he is cutting through wave after wave of the dread horde they are just melting in front of him and he reaches the edge of this large pit and he takes a deep breath and says to himself you can do this i really hope he's here and he takes a few steps back and jumps. And as he begins to plummet from the depths of this bottomless pit, you see fire. And that fire is cackling. And as Gideon falls into the darkness, that cackling laughter then shoots up into the skies of Ravnica like it has not in thousands of years and upon the back of the great demon Rakdos rides Gideon Jura with his black blade Rakdos again cackling to himself and as they fly together lets Gideon know this will never happen again no one rides Rakdos but he owes him a favor. And the two of them soar with expediency towards Nicol Bolas. And Bolas clacks their draconic fingers together and begins to close their eyes and unerringly makes motion after motion in what looks like fingers plucking across strings across the vast city of Ravnica, and at each pluck, you hear the sound of a planeswalker dying as a spark is lifted up and begins to make its way towards this grand beast. Over at the Vitugazi, the Vidalcan planeswalker meets their end, and you see this spark beyond all description of color that looks like a galaxy arise from this dying planeswalker's chest and like a string being plucked rises into the sky and makes its way over to the god pharaoh in his process of ascension it is now the top of the round with virtue Sorry, it's just listening. Okay. Um, hmm. 
So I'm frightened, which means that I have disadvantage on attacks while the thing that frightened me is visible. He's super visible. Is within line of sight, and I cannot willingly move closer to the source of my fear. Um, hmm. How far is he? At this point, I would say that he is roughly 60 feet away from you. How does he look in terms of... Very weathered. Very weathered. Okay. Compared to how he was before, Sarkon has definitely taken on a sizable amount of damage. What you have done to this dragon is, is nothing to scoff at. And Sarkon does not seem to be scoffing. Is there someone within melee of him? Hubris. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, God, fuck. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Your just... very brother! Oh, no! Okay, um, well, so I have disadvantage because I'm scared, but uh, I would have had advantage with dim light. It cancels each other out. Normal roll. I'm going to throw my shadow blade at him. Is he within 20 feet? 20 feet of what? Me. No. <laughs> no? Okay, so disadvantage then. Um, oof. Uh, does a 17 hit? 17 does not hit. Okay, alright. Um, so As the, the blade gets close, the glowing aura of the guiding bolt just beats back against the shadows. Okay. The shadow blade misses, but she's going to try and throw a mundane dagger instead. It's just flat. These rolls. Because again, the guiding bolt is making him glow. Oh, okay. Um, how about a 22? 22 hits. Okay. <clears throat> then I'm going to put my uh, sneak attack on this because my bro is there. Uh, so that's going to be a uh, six piercing damage and then eight, um, 13 sneak attack damage. Sorry, so eight and 13? Uh, yes. Okay. Eight piercing, 13 sneak attack. And that's it for me. Uh, she just stands there um, kind of throwing daggers uh, and her knees are just like, trembling um as she all she wants to do right now is run the other direction but her brother is there and she can't and sarkon will use a legendary action to make a tail attack against hubris and that is for 26 fuck that uh i'll take it Okay, that is going to be 19 points of bludgeoning. Can I have him make a deck save, please? Sure. Uh, save 16. Okay, that is a... 8. Cool. Um, he takes that much. Oh, plus that. 30 points of ice damage. Okay. Sounds good. How are you looking, Hubris? Almost there. Almost there. Sounds good. Kronk, 
You have been knocked prone, and you cannot willingly go closer to the source of your fear. And save at the beginning or end of my round? All right. Which we will Uh, have you do when she gets back from running. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I guess. uh, I guess Kronk would be like, guys, how do we kill this thing? Or stop the machine? Or what what the hell do we need to do? And he he does like a, a, like, and you know kind of a flip to stand without using his hands kind of thing get up uh yeah get up and uh so he gets up and he's like he's fighting against the the sheer fear panic weirdness that he doesn't understand why he can't go kill this thing and uh is there a response do we break the machine do we how do we what what's our job here is basically what Kronk yelled out uh ghost just says kill it okay uh can't willingly go half my movement was used up speaking of frightened i just rolled my yep. wisdom save on that i got 18 that is not enough oh fuck all right guys guess what i'm gonna be frightened for the rest of this uh fight because i have no modifier yeah yeah he he got us good i got nothing either um so throw a javelin okay it middles out because you would have disadvantage but you gain advantage from yeah okay uh 15 does not hit there's Kronk as you throw this javelin again there's this like you've never had this mental hang up before you don't know why it's so difficult to think about throwing a javelin towards this thing yep yeah like I said it, he, he doesn't get it and it, it's confusing him still trying that, to save we might get a nat 20 oh yes yeah yeah alright come on 13. 13 is not enough. Kronk, you remain frightened. <laughs> it is now Sarkon's turn. Sarkon smiles at you, Hubris. And lets you know in the kindest way that an adversary of this size and proportion can that it's all right. There's nothing you can do to stop this. Uh, Hebrus looks up and just says, you better make this one count then because I'll be the one having last laugh. And he is going to make a claw attack towards you. And that is a 30 to hit. Yeah, so a fun fact about Hubris, he has something called uh, the Grave of... Oh, was it? Grave of Levistus? Tomb of Levistus. Tomb of Levistus. I get 70 extra temp hit points, so... Okay. Here we go. As you encase yourself in an ice block? Yes. Alright, so you are going to be taking 13 points of slashing damage. Alright. Then a second attack towards you. For 28 to hit. Okay. And that is 16 points of slashing damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, do I get 
Keep going. Sorry. And then the bite. That is a natural one. He's not used to fighting an ice block. I imagine the claw came down and he headbutts the claw and then the ice just spreads out over him. Okay. So that is all that Sarkon can do in this moment. But from inside of your icy block, you see magic begin to course through Sarkon's neck again. There will be fire. There will be fire. Uh, on my turn, the ice melts. Uh, Wait, I lose. I have a question. What's Tomb up? of Levistus is a reaction? Yes. When you I take damage. You used your reaction previously before it came to your round in order to do your hellish rebuke. Yes. Fuck. Well, so I'm down and probably dead. There were... So, what were you at when you took the first hit? Nine. Okay. So, the second attack would hit you for right. two failed Wait. death saves. Uh-huh. And the bite still misses. Or, no, because you're prone, it would have advantage. And Sarkon, he is hungry. Yeah. So with advantage, that would be a 24. That'd be three fails. Virtue. You... I have a question. Yes. Would this be a good time for that thing we talked about? That is an action. Okay. Ghost, you have just watched Hubris spit in the face of a red dragon, and that dragon ate him. And you now see that this magical energy is coursing through Sarkon's neck once again. It ate him as in swallowed him? Yes. Ghost, it is your turn. <laughs> okay. Um. Ghost is going... God. Ghost is gonna uh am I within 30 feet? You can get up to 30 feet. Can I get to him? Yes. Okay. Ghost is going to um God, this is so fruitless. Um I guess she's going to start clawing at his throat. Okay. Make an attack roll. 23. That hits. Uh, for seven damage. Uh, another 23. Still hits. For six damage. Okay. Um... I guess uh um I don't really have anything else that can be very helpful with this. 
Um. Oh no, I can't do that. I'll I'll. Uh, I'll cast Shield of Faith on myself. Okay. Sarkon is going to use a legendary action to make a tail attack against you, Ghost. That is a 17 to hit. That does not hit. Okay. Noted. So, we then go back to the surface. And upon the surface, Gideon is flying upon the back of Rakdos, heading towards Bolas. And Bolas, without even looking, extends a claw backwards and makes a crushing motion. And as these spectral draconic claws appear around Rakdos's wings and try and break them, Rakdos is a creature of legend himself and shrugs off this ability, laughing in the face of this ascending god. And as they come close, Gideon leaps off of the back of Rakdos and is flying through the air with this blade. And as the blade comes down onto Bolas, you see that it enters into Bolas's chest and Gideon hangs from it. And Bolas looks down and smiles and says, I was there when the black blade was forged. Did you not think I would throw some sort of protection to keep it from being used against me? And Gideon gets this look of realization that what he thought was to be a foolproof plan is not going to work. And Bolas grabs him, raises him up, and throws him down into the center of the Dread Horde. And as his body connects with the ground and he begins to tumble, he is not 20 feet away from the woman that he vowed that he would save, Liliana. Virtue, what would you like to do? So that thing we talked about, Yes. Do you, do you think now's a good time for that? I do. Okay. Um, so Virtue is still frightened, um, but she like literally like gobbled up like down down the hatch. He has been eaten. Okay. Well, I don't see how this is gonna help, but. Um... <laughs> Uh, she doesn't necessarily have uh, much control over this. Um, so having witnessed such a traumatic uh, sight, Virtue's spark uh, flares forth. Uh, there are more opalescent sparkles uh, just kind of around her. She like literally screams from across the room. Um, and I'll, I'll say a, a dodecahedron 
appears around um, the dragon as uh, a wall of force is cast um, and blood begins to pour from Virtue's nose as she has to spend six hit points to do or hit dice to do this. Yep. And um, I think she'll use her bonus action to burn some sorcery points and get a sor uh, spell slot back. Okay. And that's it for Virtue's turn. And... Oh, she should save against Frightened. Yes. Nope. Still scared. I thought you did save. Oh, no, you can't. Oh. Yeah, because you got an 18 last turn, correct? Yep, and that wasn't enough. Nope. So Sarkon is now stuck in this crystalline dodecahedron. They are cramped within this space, but there isn't much that they can do. Kronk, it is your turn. All right. Uh, team meeting uh, as players. Were we supposed to shut down the machine, but the lady we knew can't. that... We don't have the word. Right. But where did she go? She fell she down fell a in a pit. Right. Do yeah. we need to save her? We don't know where she went, right? You saw her fall, and none of you went to investigate where, because Sarkon appeared. You can do that if you want. Yeah, because I can't. He's, he's. Well, I can't get close to him. Not for the rest of the round. I guess that's what I'll do. Is I'll, I'll huck a javelin, and then go look over the edge. You don't. Where'd even you go, need snake lady? <laughs> you don't even need to huck a javelin. No. Sarkon is trapped within a wall of force. Nothing can get in or out. Uh, but if I don't attack, I lose my rage. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Kronk's raging, so he doesn't know that. He'll huck a javelin. Woo, uh, 15 to hit the wall of force and shatter a javelin. Um, okay, and then look over the side. Snake lady! You down there? Kronk, make a perception check. <laughs> All right, yes. My, my expertise stat... <laughs> 10. I'll say with a 10, looking down into the pit, you see that it is roughly about 60 feet down. And Vraska is alive, but her leg is clearly broken. She doesn't have the ability to regenerate or cast healing magics. Those are outside of her wheelhouse. And she is in the process, uh, or an, and it looks closer to like there are tendrils of vines that are wrapping around to kind of set her leg back into place. She is aligned with green as one of the five primary colors of magic, and nature is a part of this. And you can see that she is talking with someone. There is a hooded figure 
that is leaning down next to her and she reaches into a bag and she pulls out a canister and this canister looks like it has some sort of electric blue energy coursing through the center parts of it and as she hands the canister to this individual the individual nods and in a flash they disappear Okay, my and she didn't either. She either didn't hear me or is not reacting to. She, when you ask her if she's okay, yeah. Uh, she after her interaction with the hooded individual, the hooded individual kind of like turn towards like turn a little bit towards your group. Where if you had rolled higher in their perception, you might be able to see what their face looked like beneath said hood. But yeah. uh, as they disappear in a flash of uh, vibrant blue energy, Vraska says that uh, she lets you know that her leg is broken, but help is on the way. Okay. You just uh, need, you just need uh, you need to stall for time. All right. So that's probably my six seconds. So I'll I'll, I'll refrain from anything else okay. on that I guess because I can't think of anything I could do it is now okay. Sarkon's turn and Sarkon is raking the inside of this dodecahedron of crystalline and says let me out let me out so I can finish this let me out so I can see the glory of the God Pharaoh's ascension. And they will, because this wall of force is completely surrounding them, correct? Yep. So they will just begin to effectively beat along the glass. So with that virtue, because this is a spell that you have not ever cast before, using an ability you've not cast before, make a concentration check to maintain. Okay. That's fine. Because I'm a war caster. Oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I got cocky. I rolled a two and a three. So, Virtue, your new name is Hubris. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so that's an eight, and, which is not a success. And Sarkon rears back and exudes this fiery magic. He is going to use his breath weapon to fill up this wall of force. You can feel the magic breaking. In this moment, if you would like to maintain concentration, you can use your Planeswalker ability to effectively cast it a second time. I'll do that. The fun part of that is, um, I don't have six hit die. 
You do not. So for so, all of those at home, what does that mean? Uh, that means that I have to roll the remaining hit die uh, and take the damage for that. Which is going to be interesting considering I have 18 hit points left. Let's see how this turns out. Uh-huh. It's you and me, Kronk. <laughs> As it always was. <laughs> this is the way it's always been. Okay, uh, so I need to roll... He's in pod, these siblings. Six. Uh, so that's six damage. Uh, do I add my con mod to this? Not towards the damage that you take. Okay. That's six damage. Okay. So that is Sarkon's turn. Ghost. Uh, he's in the thing. He is trapped in this dodecahedron. And it looks like Virtue is focusing on the spell, but you can see that blood is coming down from her nose and she is visibly shaking with the amount of effort that it is taking. Her body is wearing thin, maintaining concentration on the spell. Okie dokie. I can still see him though, right? Yes. But he is inside of a wall of force. So if you try and damage him, it'll just bounce off the wall of force, which might end up hurting your friend. Unless it's necrotic damage. Unless it's like a disintegrate if spell. If, what? Unless it's disintegrate. That is the only spell that will penetrate a wall of force. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I so nothing I do nothing okay, I can't blast a spell I, in there. Okay. Um great. Uh I'm yeah. gonna say to Kronk. Get the fucking word! <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to healing word. Well, how how close is um how close is uh, virtue to me? Virtue is within forty feet. Okay, so I couldn't get to her on this turn. Uh, I'd say that you could get up to Virtue. Okay, I'm going to get up to Virtue. I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. 12 hit points regains from that as you feel the divine presence uh, wash over you. And uh, that is my turn. Okay. Back on the surface, Gideon stands, and Liliana mouths to him, I am so sorry. And he struts over as best he can. He picks himself up, and he begins to walk in a steady line towards Liliana, and you can hear Jace yelling in the back, kill her. Do it now. You can stop this. And you can see that Jace's words are hitting closer to home with Liliana than she is willing to admit. 
that she feels like she does deserve to die here. But Gideon has a look of resolve, of kindness, of endurance. And he, as he is approaching, he continues to battle through swaths of these undead as they continue to grow larger and larger until he is face to face with Liliana. And he says, I never gave up on you and I never will. And he reaches out with his arms and he embraces her. In the midst of this battle raging on with Rakdos flying above, pestering Nicol Bolas with Ajani and Jace, fighting off swarms of undead gods with Chandra, Jaya, Nyssa, and all of the other planeswalkers fighting, there is a moment of embrace. Virtue. I'm going to maintain okay. uh, concentration. Okay. Okay. Uh, I save. 23. Okay. Kronk, as you look up at the, at the group, you realize that Hubris is gone and that this dragon is trapped and you hear a crackling of magical energy and looking over at the immortal sun there is a flash and you see a cloak kind of billow off to the side this rag this worn and tattered cloak and it is the hooded figure that was speaking with uh that was speaking with Frasca. and they reach into their pocket and pull out the blue canister and they twist the top and you see that energy begin to just spill out of the top of the canister and from that electricity you can see what looks like a draconic face it is not a dragon with crown-like horns it is not a dragon like the one that you are fighting this is the face of niv-mizzet the draco genius mm. and this dragon just begins to speak as quickly as they possibly can just the form of this and the figure lowers their hand and the canister drops but this form stays above the immortal sun speaking the words to effectively turn it off this is not a simple command word this is a command testament this is a tome that needs to be read with incredible amounts of delicacy and finesse and the figure turns towards your group 
and lowers their hood and you see Venser standing <laughs> before you. And he says as he he gets kind of a smile along his face and says I realized when I got here that I was trapped on this plane but being trapped in one place doesn't necessarily mean being trapped in one time so I went to the end and I found out how we won and then I went to the beginning and I set everything up to make sure that we could reach this place. Motherfucker Time Lord did this shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Ghost, the blue thing, he's got the words. Ghost does not look happy. Virtue <laughs> wants to sass, but she's a little busy right now. <laughs> and you hear Sarkon let out the angriest yell that he can. This primordial draconic roar. And Venser looks towards, looks towards Sarkon and says, why don't you take a little trip? And just with a quick motion, you see Sarkon's draconic form just blink from inside of the wall and they are no longer there on the surface the immortal sun is turned off there is a wave that spills up from out of the grounds themselves and every planeswalker on this in the city of guilds realizes in this moment they're free they can leave they can escape and bolas feels this and just emotes an irritated This wasn't in his plan. This was never part of the plan. But as Gideon and Liliana feel this wave wash over as well, Gideon holds Liliana with one hand underneath the side of her face and he brings her in for a kiss that she returns. And as he does, you see his body begin to glow. And it glows brighter and brighter and brighter until he is the brilliance of a small sun. And you see the deep scarred lines upon Liliana's face begin to glow with that same color and at this, Bolas realizes what Gideon has done. Gideon dissipates and turns into a... almost like a cloud of bright white particles that envelop Liliana. And from the darkness, she is freed. Gideon is no Gideon is no longer with us. 
but Liliana is no longer the slave that she once was. And at this, she looks up with contempt towards Bolas, and almost as one, the dread horde stops, and every undead head turns towards the beast that once held them chained. And Bolas realizes that he is in trouble. The dread, his dread horde, the dread horde, has turned upon him. And Bolas shouts down to the members of the Gate Watch. You are not done with this. This was just the first of many steps towards my grandiose plan. You cannot stop progress. I will become a god. And at that, the archway beneath him crumbles as he siphons the remaining magical energy out of it. And with a series of complex uh, hand gestures, talon gestures, that magical energy washes over Bolas, and he too disappears. And that is where we are going to go into our break for the evening. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who has decided to stick with us and join us for this wonderful game. We are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes. So don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly hit up those sweet sales at indooradventure.redbubble.com. We shall return. All right, everybody. See you soon. everybody and we're back nickel bolas their plans have been thwarted sarkon vol is disappeared and the immortal sun has been turned off so uh with that i would also like to say daniel quasar thank you for gifting a gifting a sub gb just for you That's that the most satisfying one. bong this side of the Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> now, so. Satisfying bong that isn't made of glass? <laughs> so, uh, what has just occurred is that we are going to be, we are going to be speeding things along, at least on the surface. Uh, so, oh, thank you for gifting a sub to GB. All right, buddy. I think that deserves two because it's you. Oh, oh, it's me. Yeah, All you right. got gifted. Yes. So, on the surface, the dread horde is being dismissed. The fires have been put out. The agents of Bolas are retreating after their master, but that is not where our story's focus is. Our story's focus is in the sewers below where Ghost and Kronk and Virtue are standing where Hubris has been eaten. Uh, his body is not there and the only thing that remains is his arcane focus. 
which you had dropped when you died, Sarkon, wasn't exactly super Nami on, you know, gunmetal, so left that alone. Ghost. Is, uh, is our friend still there? Venser? Yeah. Yes, Venser is still there, and they cool. are going to actually, uh, they will blink over towards where you are. Uh, like jump off of the pedestal and then set themselves over. Uh, and as they do, Vraska is actually rising up out of the cavern uh, on a, almost on like a a, um, a palanquin of pure plant matter. Uh, like she didn't have to make it look as regal as she did, but she's the guild head. She'll do what she please. Okay, ghost lights her claws. And she's going to grasp, uh, what's his face? Vancer. Uh, Vancer. Uh, by the collar. Uh, and she is going to say, bring him back now. And he looks down towards you. And while this is the same person that you met, his eyes are almost weathered. He has seen years of Ravnican society. He knows how this place works. And he looks at you and just says, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Virtue doesn't know this person, right? Virtue has never met Venser before. Cool. She's just going to collapse to her knees and compose herself. The source of uh, your fear is gone! Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, Ghost, uh, with her 20 or 18 strength, is going to pull him closer to her, and she's going to say, the dragon ate hubris. Bring it back, and I can help him. And Venser looks at you and there is pain in his face when he says, that's not how banishment works. Sarkon was native to the plain of Tarkir. So I sent him back. You can manipulate time, undo it. And what would you have me do instead? Let you all die. Stop everything. Let Bolas win the war. I don't care about the war. I care about him. I cannot undo what I've done here. Well, then send us there. It's not how our walks work. But I can do one thing. There was a moment at this point for me when I first met you all. We made a split. 
there was a diverging timeline. There was a moment where your friend jumped out of our teleportation. Isn't that correct? Get on with it. We went back before he made that decision, but in another time, that decision was already made. If you want to find your friend, he's with the Azurius. He's with the Law Mages. He's been in prison for this point roughly eight days or so for having infiltrated an is it engineering work if you want to get him back you'll have to fight the law mages and send us there do we have to do it now yes Okay. Kronk holds out his last uh, his last superior healing potion to you. <laughs> Thanks. Virtue is barely able to stay on her feet. This has taken a lot out of her. <laughs> she chugs it. Superior eight, healing potion. Eight eight d four plus eight. Venser will look down at you, Ghost, and brings his hands up and pushes, like, just gently moves your claws back from, uh, well, from his collar and says, I know that you've been through a lot. I understand that. The person that you meet will have no memories of what you did here. Does this make sense? Yes. And Venser then says, there's a stipulation. We cannot travel with the living. If you want me to bring him here, he will need to die. I can bring him right here at this spot. As long as his death is quick before, and it's within a minute, and oh Venser nods and he blinks. Hubris. Hey. <clears throat> you have just watched your party members grab hold, uh, grab hands with Venser, Karn. Uh, you have not met your sister. You've been hanging out with this centaur named Daka for quite some time. Daka seems pretty cool by all standards. And 
you realize that there is magic that is happening that is going to send your party members through a portal and you don't want anything to do with that because you don't know these people. It all seems very scary and sketchy, so you end up jumping out. And when you jump out of this spell circle, you watch as the rest of your friends disappear. And you are alone. And there is another pop of energy and standing before you is Venser. And Venser at this point, their cheeks are a little bit more weathered. You can see that there are light scars across Venser's face. They have a little bit of stubble and they look much older than they did not even six seconds ago. Their cloak looks just as worn, their gear looks just as tarnished, and they take off their helmet and hold it into their arm. And Venser looks down towards you and says, She's your wife, right? The one with the cloak? Yeah, what the fuck? I need to ask you something. Sure. I don't know how to phrase this, so I'll be blunt. I need to kill you. Ooh, no, what? He's He has gone over to like a door, jammed it shut. Pardon? I need you to die. I, you know, I, I, I like living like a lot. I know, that's why I need you to die. Could you explain why I need to die, or is this just like a? This is always the worst. This is always the worst possible. Is it for her? This. It's for everyone. It this isn't just for your wife. It isn't just for your sister. It isn't just for the big stone-looking man. It is for every plane, it is for every plane's walker, it is for everyone. I don't want to kill you. I don't want you to die, if that makes sense. I've never wanted anyone to die, and that's why we have to do this. I'm inside check 18. There is a sense of tired earnestness. Like, Venser couldn't lie to you about this, even if he wanted to. Because I could just leave. I could just leave them on that pillar, a mortal sun turned off, and let Vraska deal with it. I could let all of this slide by, but instead, instead, I am doing something that I think has meaning. It has meaning to your friends. I am on borrowed time at this point. I know where I need to go. All right, all right. Spiritin, and I've been trapped here for a while. Fine. I'll trust you on this one. This is going to suck. I was told quick and painless. I can do quick and painless. And he pulls out what looks like a 50 cal bullet. 
and pushes it into his arm. There's a chick sound. And what he, are you doing? You don't want to kill anyone, right? And he has his fist pointed like right underneath his chin. Vencer's eyes are just wide and he goes over and he puts a hand onto your mechanical hand if you will let him. Sure. And he will move it down. And he will reach into his pocket and he will pull out what looks like a small pill. Quick, painless, and if I can help it, not messy. But it isn't as showy, he says as he pops it in his mouth. And Venser nods. Um, before it goes, he'll put a, his actual hand on Vincer's shoulder. Sorry about all this. For everyone, it's worth it. And at that, your vision begins to darken. You can feel your legs buckling, and it feels like your heart is beating arrhythmically. And it is beating hard. And hubris, you feel yourself die. And Venser, like, cradles you down to the ground as you do. And just says, Thank you. Thank you for what you did, even if you don't remember. And Venser will take you both as soon as you expire. And Ghost, you are left with Vraska, Virtue, and Kronk for what seems like an eternity. The battle with Sarkon Vol lasted not even half a minute, all things considered. The war that rages above has been quieted. You don't hear the rumbles of the undead masses. And with bated breath, it feels like an eternity has passed until eventually there is another flash of this bluish energy. And Venser is more towards the ground, and he has hubris in his arms. And he Ghost already has the diamonds out, and she just moves and casts a spell. And Venser backs up to give you room in order to do this. And it is a revivify, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Hubris, after having spoken with Venser, you awaken in this large underground chamber with a with ghost above you 
the spitting image of your sister standing by her Kronk in the background looking like he shrugged off some sort of horrendous explosion as he is wont to do and there is a green-skinned woman who has tendril-like hair and the hair seems to be moving by itself uh you aren't sure who that woman is at all and as you come back hubris you hear a faint voice this just got interesting hmm? why are you like this <sighs> before you say anything she points at uh ghost it wasn't a hit dad's still alive and a chair we slept on a chair then how do you know i'm not the double Shut up. Ghost pulls him in for a passionate long kiss. He, like, holds a hand over his mouth real quick, pops open a water skin, gargles whatever is <laughs> left of the cyanide pill in his mouth. <laughs> Edgy kisses. What the fuck happened? A lot has happened. You were eaten by a dragon. Kinky. Not very. But. We have a lot to talk about, which I've already experienced, but. You're in the future now. Yippee. Let's start from the fucking Is It Guild. Oh no, honey. Uh, she's gonna cast Cure Wounds on him at second level. Uh, he'll turn she's to Vincer and nod his head. Vincer is not even paying attention to your group anymore. Cool. He has made his way over to the Immortal Sun and speaks with the floating draconic head that is above it and says so it's been rekeyed then and Niv-Mizzet will agree and Venser will look towards Vraska and says he's waiting for you you know and he will place one hand onto the immortal sun and together Venser and the immortal sun will disappear. No, that's not our problem. That's definitely we not our problem. Better not get in trouble for that. He pushes away from Ghost and walks over to his sister and kind of like just pinches her cheeks. Ah. Ow. Pops is alive? <laughs> she, she's gonna reach up and kind of like pat pat on his face. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. He'll turn his head towards his arcane focus. And your arcane focus is still there. The one that was dropped anyways. 
We've got a lot to talk about indeed. Interesting. I like this. Oh my I god, don't. does he still have the stone? He does yes. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Ghost is going to go over to Kronk and give him a hug. <clears throat> he did good, buddy. I don't really know what's going on, but sure. <laughs> and his cape billows out heroically. <laughs> and we are going to then move through the process because we have roughly a half hour left of this session. So going back up to the surface, you all have made your way there. You've familiarized yourself with the Undercity enough. And Vraska, who is at this point capable of moving, having put her leg back to the way that it was and is sort of doing the thing that Ghost normally does, which is just like on Kronk's back. Uh, <laughs> Kronk, you are, used to, you are used to having people as your backpack. This is nothing new. But you all make it to the surface. And Hubris, this is most shocking for you. As last you saw, everything was fine. People were happy, minding their own business. But upon the surface, this has been desolation. Buildings have been toppled. There are entire structures that lay over Tin Street, and you can see that the Crack Clan, who exists upon Ravnica's Tin Street, has already begun the process of scavenging. Uh, they are looking for anything metal and shiny that they possibly can. Liliana is in the process of talking with Ajani, and when you appear at the surface, Jace will actually come up to your group and will help Vraska down, and then he will be the shoulder with which uh, she leans up upon for them to continue their journey. There are no longer hordes of these undead creatures as Liliana has sent them away, but the damage that has been done to Ravnica is almost irrevocable. There are so many that have died. There are so many that are struggling. And as your group comes up to see the damage that has been done, Karn approaches you. This large silver golem that Hubris, not even, not even two hours ago, you had helped rescue with Venser's help. Karn will approach your group, and with the utmost thanks that a golem can give, thanks you all. And as your job is done, offers to send you home. I know it's been a time. Do we have any idea what happened to Manshoon? And Karn looks at you. Who's Manchun? He's a wizard. I assume he was working with the dragon. When Molas left, he took all of his spies, all those that are 
fading fugal tea with him. If your Manchun was working with the dragon, perhaps he has also left. That would be my guess. Hey, do we know that Hubris still has the stone? You do not. Okay, because we because then Kronk would just say, "Well, just ask the stone." But uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Hubris. Yeah. If your adoptive father is here, do you want to look for him? He'll turn to virtue. I think give us a little bit of time, see if we can find him. Is that all right? Karn nods. And I would say it doesn't take long. Jace is the living guild pact and is a very extensive knowledge network. If you ask him for help in finding your father, uh, he is actually able to quickly narrow down what would have happened. The last known uh, resting place was in the was towards the uh, area where the Golgari swarm is, which Vraska is actually the head of. But the thing that you find out about your father is that when he came to this world, he had no money with him. And as such, he had to take out a loan from the only people that were willing to lend someone without anything to their name some form of currency. That was the Orsov. After your father met his fate near the Golgari Swarm, his soul went to where it was owed, being the Orsov. And they have since utilized that for their own purposes whether he has become a thrall whether he is a simple servant jace is unsure but as far as the actual place where they currently reside it is within the orshoff basilicas do you still want to try and find him sis You're quiet. I don't know if I'd want to see him that way. Me neither. Is there anything that we could do for him? Pay off the debt. Which the amount that is given Virtue, you know that you actually have squared away. Within a the head of a weird Simic creature that is currently on your airship, still two days away from the actual city. If it is still on its way to the actual city. Oh god. My crew's gonna have a mutiny when they find out. You have a crew? I have a lot of things. Oh, sweetie. 
I don't I don't think you get to say, oh, sweetie. You guys jacked me from my original timeline to be here. So I expect a little bit of an explanation. <laughs> well, this timeline you is dead, and you would be in jail right now. So I think we deserve a little bit of a thank you. You know, I really like your sister. He makes a face as he starts walking away. Wait, so there's another timeline where Hubris is in the belly of a dragon on another plane? No, that would be this timeline. God, there's two Hubrises now. No. The other one's dead, it's fine. Oh, the things they could probably do with that body. We don't... That's mm. a different birthday. Does, does there mean there's there's Gross. more cronk timelines? Cronk, hey, cronk, buddy. Hey, mm. don't think about it too much. Okay? He is a smoking big guy. Yeah. There's a little Probably. bit of blood coming from cronk's nose from having too big of thoughts. <laughs> Give the cog a break. It's probably for the best. <laughs> the virtue in the other timeline is going to be really disappointed when her brother never comes for her. Look, let's not think about timelines right now. Let's just live in the present, please. Oh, gods. They're probably <laughs> going to try. Kron's nodding big, like, hmm. They're probably staging a heist right now to break me out of jail. <laughs> That's... That's what we do best. I mean... Okay. I don't know how I feel about this at all, actually. Let's we could pay off dad's funeral debts and never think of this again. Virtue, do you want to come back with us? You have a life here. It's all I've ever wanted since I got here. And I've got responsibilities at home. There are about 80 orphans that need to be bailed out of slavery. All right. Orphans, you say? They're probably older now. Quite a bit older. Oh, yeah. There's at least half of them are trying to hunt me down and kill me. But, you know, the right thing to do is to make sure that they're all okay. I promise you, with my resources, I will help you find all of the children and bring them to safety. Wow. That's really nice. I have missed a lot. Uh, but she's gonna lean into Hubris and say, "Okay, you can keep her." Uh, but, uh, it all sounds like. But a hit on me. I told you she didn't. We pay off Dad's debt. It all, that. that all sounds like a job for a great big old hero. Says Kron. Yes, Guesses. As his cloak billows by itself. You know any? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just she cracks. <laughs> and Kronk doesn't get it, but he's thumping his own chest. <laughs> She'll just pat him. All right. So upon paying off Pop's debt, are you all going back to the Forgotten Realms? I don't like how you said that, but yes. Shit, uh, I gotta say goodbye to my crew first. I don't swear. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
so in the time <laughs> that it takes for your crew to get there, you guys have uh, it's a couple days of downtime. Uh, as again, it's going to take a little bit unless uh, unless virtue you wanted uh, to basically like send one of your planeswalker friends, tell them where the money was, and then have them just return with said money. Or you God. could take out a loan from Vi. Uh, because Acquisitions Incorporated, while it suffered a sizable amount of damage during the War of the Spark, they're always open and they're always hiring. Uh, so if you would like, you can just tell Vi where the money is. Am I, am I mean enough to leave without saying goodbye to my crew? I don't know. That's a decision for you. <sighs> that wouldn't be the right thing to do, though. Virtue. Come on, Virtue. You have to be virtuous. Ten of a new leaf. Okay. So, uh, your crew ends up coming back after several days. During this time, uh, Kronk, Chandra ends up meeting up with you again. Uh, she's very pleased to see that the big guy made it out okay, uh, and she is definitely offering, uh, to spend some quality time with our, with our biggin, uh, if he's, I was, yeah. I was so gonna say, before you said that, and before we rolled, I was gonna, Kronk was gonna, at one point, say to, to Ghost, hey, you know where I can get a ring of fire resistance? <laughs> <laughs> Kronk, I think you need to take this head on, if you know what I mean. Huh. Maybe you're right. All right. Okay. That, I wanted to hit that before, but then you went right to the oh, yeah. seed, so that's awesome. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you and Chandra spend the next several days just in throes of passion. Kronk was a Kronk was a, a designated uh, a designated guy before, uh, so totally works. Uh, during this time, you also see that Jace and Vraska actually spend a lot of time together, and Liliana leaves. She doesn't say much, uh, and the looks that she exchanges with Jace are one where she expresses sorrow, and he has nothing but hatred towards her. And Ajani tries to act as a mediator but is unable to do so and eventually Liliana leaves and she knows that if she stayed she would be held responsible for the dread horde and for the damage as the necromancer who controlled these dead gods to rain destruction upon the plane and she cannot put that back when your crew arrives they are they let you know that they had seen off in the distance what was happening towards the city proper but they thankfully were several days away Kevin is reasonably upset uh with you virtue and uh, before Kevin can truly express how upset they are, Zissy will run up with a, I've 
so glad you're okay and just wraps their big loxodon arms around you picks you up and just sort of swings you and as you are like a cat and as your legs are swinging very cat-like uh dipsy wicks grabs onto them as well and you are just being hugged by your two crewmen (laughs) while Kevin tries to be stern and upset and then (laughs) makes the decision that maybe it's maybe this was for the best and Um, she'll she'll spend a night with them just kind of carousing the way like just you know one more night with the guys kind of thing and Kevin says we made the decision that we were not going to leave our captain but then our captain left us and then you are planning on leaving us again can't can't we fly that thing home there is an acquisitions incorporated branch from what i have heard at least one or two on this Faerun, as you call it. I have connections. I can get you in to Waterdeep and perhaps Boulder's Gate. Hey, no, the the agreement was to the ends of the the earth, the the world. Um, I I'm going beyond, baby. Can't and follow our me there. Decision was not to leave the captain. If you think about it as a different world, then the rules do apply, so. Technically, the world has no end, because it is a sphere. You'd say what? Don't be ridiculous. Somewhere a shatter Kai is screaming vindication into the air. (laughs) Everybody knows that. world's like a stone, you know, round. Mm -hmm. Virtue, Virtue feigns indecision. Um, and then she turns around and says, I would say we should put it to a vote, but I feel like I know how this is going to go. And at that, you see Kevin breaks their stone, uh, their stonied face expression, the slight smirk that you do. And your crew is willing to join you in Faerun. Damn. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think over the couple days, uh, Ghost will give Hubris like probably a half a day and then approach him in the same way she approached him on the boat in her timeline. He's been and... inspecting his uh, arcane focus. Your dual arcane focuses did not last very long next to each other. (laughs) The red and black one ate the other. Interesting. The, like, because it had sort of like that uh, swirling striped, almost streamer-like coloring to it, one night when you were resting the metal actually unfurled itself and turned into what looked like a almost a maw wrapped itself around the other firearm and just became part of it it's like a double barreled over under shotgun now yeah yeah 
that's different. I would have explained to him the whole angel face thing. <sighs> Arturo is alive. Somewhere. You don't see them again, but know as players that he survived. Thanks. <clears throat> Hubris. I lost you twice. I don't intend to do it again. I have some hang-ups about this entire situation. I... I couldn't have left you behind. I would have brought horror down upon this entire world if it meant getting you back. There's a thought. I appreciate it nonetheless. He will pull out the letter, snap his fingers, and it burns in the air. From what I've been told, I think we've made up in this timeline. Yeah, but that's not your timeline. No. I need some time to process. I understand. But if something to look forward to, she's with Hoon. You should never have told her that. Now she'll find her. Raise her like a killer. I'm glad you left her somewhere safe. And I'm sorry that you had to be on the run for so long. I was wrong. <sighs> In a lot of ways. This is the worst possible outcome, you know that, right? For the you and the other timeline. She's never gonna find out. And who and Siren is going to grow up not knowing where her mother or father is until it's too late. We're going back. To your Siren, yes. Like I said, I need some time to process. Of course. Whatever you need. You just walk away. Alrighty. Bronk. You're an idiot. Kiss a girl. Read the read the mood because I'm not in it. Kronk just shakes his head because he doesn't get it. <laughs> and Kronk has some visible burns on him, but it's okay. <laughs> so 
at this, uh, now that you have gathered your crew, you have gathered your party, do you ask Karn to send you back? Yeah. All yeah. Right. And Karn asks all of you to stand in a circle. And before you head off, Ajani comes up and will place a hand onto Virtue's shoulder. And we'll say, you did well. I'm proud of you. Wow. There's a lot of emotions that I didn't expect to feel. <laughs> well, where are you going again? Fey Rune, yeah. Waterdeep, if you can, please. Virtue. I will come visit you. I will make sure that your training can still continue. Till eventually, you can walk with the best of us. You're going to come find me? Yes. Wow. Uh, she kind of considers this for a second, and then she just reaches up and gives him a big hug around his big shaggy head. You can hear him purring. Aww. And <clears throat> he settles in and says, in the most non-threatening way possible, I will explain to you. And he pats your head. And then he what? stands up. What? What did he say? I will always find you. Oh. In the most non-threatening way possible. <laughs> Just had to throw that part out there. <laughs> and he stands next to Karn. And Karn focuses and begins to cast the spell that will allow you all to then return. Hubris. Is Jace there? Jace is not there. Um, he's going to flick the Stone of Galore over to uh, Ajani. Ajani will catch it. Uh, Jace is going to have a ball with that one. He raises an eyebrow towards you, looks at it. I will tell him that you said thanks. Oh, he won't be thanking me just yet. Make a wisdom save. Uh, I got an 18 plus 4, so okay. 22. Sounds good. And with that, uh, Chandra is there to wave you off as well, Kronk. But your group uh, is covered in this bright light. And... Very quickly, you are taken through the realms, and when you open up your eyes, you can feel the gentle wind of a, of a breeze rolling by. You are on a hillside looking down onto the actual city of Waterdeep itself. You can see that it is early spring, and... 
you aren't sure just how long you've been gone. You know that it was roughly winter when you left. Things were kind of snowy, so you may have been out for a while. Uh, but all things considered, you are safe and you have returned back to Waterdeep. So we are now going to go into a series of sunsets. So Hubris, what would you like to do as your sunset? Uh, Hubris and Ghost go up north, visit Hoon and pick up their daughter. How long has it been? Uh, it was only a couple months. But that couple months period of time was also enough for you to lose control of your tavern to a, a very uh, a very wily tabaxi rogue named Three Cut Strings. That's fine, as long as the girl's okay. The, the brothel, not the tavern. Yeah. Okay, cool. Spirits and Spirits is still under Zent control, but the brothel has been taken over. There was a little bit of resistance that was met by the other Zentarum agents, uh, a ghost at your departure, uh, but thankfully the doppelganger that you hired was good enough at what they did that they were actually able to cover for you. Uh, if anything, they had to learn how to be a bit more cruel and cunning than they typically were as people started to catch on that you weren't uh, exuding the same kind of step on me energy that you typically did. Uh, but they learned. Um, from there uh, to Waterdeep, he's hung up his arcane focus in the bar, like right, ne right next to the like bottles. Um, he spends his days raising his daughter tending the bar, trying to be a good husband. Nice. Ghost, what is your sunset? Uh, Ghost gets her daughter back, uh, gets back control of the Zens as much as she had. Uh, might do a little bit of research on how to become a planeswalker. Uh, Maybe more than she should. Uh, suggests the hubris that their family might need an extra. Have another baby. Have her first baby. Uh, and uh, leads the, the Zents. The, is the one of the mass lords of Waterdeep and continues as she does until her daughter goes grows up and goes off to the Rod of Seven Parts. Which you can find at Nerdarchy's channel, or Nerd Immersion's channel, not Nerdarchy. <laughs> different one, but Siren's there. And is a good wife. Should say that. They have she's, a cottage on the Sword Coast. She's compensating, yes. And what is Kronk's sunset? You were a member of Force Grey when you left. You are still a member of Force Grey. Every once in a while, you will get visited by Chandra because she's a planeswalker. And planeswalker, can just do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna try to roll that in and then see see if that was a viable oh, option. Yeah. yeah. But um. So um. At least until that flame dies for her, and then she'll just kind of move on <laughs> and never call you again. 
<laughs> it's the life. Um, we we see you know massive eight foot six foot wide cronk at one point you know cra- cradling uh, <laughs> uh connor baby right conrad yeah conrad conrad yeah yeah uh it's baby Con- connor it's just connor just cyber no it's wolf it's wolf yeah cyber yes. wolf we're both in the yes. same boat here <laughs> no 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 conrad um and, and he's like that and we also see him you know training with the kids at the school you know and then secretly go for the eyes go for the soft bits you know cronk <laughs> and uh no real weapons until the 13 <laughs> exactly yeah exactly um and then uh as a last as a last bit we see we see cronk in a boat and he's got the force gray cloak on and and someone someone else is rowing and he's on the front of it and he looks back and he picks up a standing stone and he says, all right, go. And you see him punch the side of the boat. <laughs> and that's where we close out on Kronk. All right. And Virtue, what is your current sunset look like? Uh, Virtue continues to work with Ack Inc. for, you know, like just side jobs, but uh, her quote-unquote full-time job is now trying to track down those orphans. Um, A lot of them have joined her crew, uh, and the crew has gotten so big that she's had to branch out uh, and start a a full-on fleet. Um, So in addition to the greener pasture, she now commands the orphan's auntie. The little orphan's Um, auntie. Little orphanity. Little. <laughs> and the sun will come out. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is a relative thing. It'll never be tomorrow. It's always today. Um, <laughs> makes it a lot more depressing. Um, she is visited by Ajani, uh, keeps in contact with him. Uh, Dipsy Wicks is the captain of the orphan Zanti, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's all Dipsy's ever wanted. I couldn't get rid of my first mate. He had to stay with me. Um, and uh, she, now actually one of the orphans, never uh, forgave her uh, and is the same age as her and is constantly hunting her down and trying to kill her. But, you know, she, like, they're rivals uh, and they they have kind of a, they, they have a, a, a friendly, a, a friendly rivalry where they're constantly trying to kill each other. And it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, I think that her final scene will be uh, a shadow falling over uh, Ghost and Hubris's cottage. And uh, Auntie Virtue will come to visit. Uh, and she just comes walking down the rope, uh, just completely sideways, and lands on the grass and whips her hat off and just kind of bows as uh, kids come out and grab onto her legs. I like it. The neighbors hate when the sky ships come by. Oh, it's the goddamn worst. <laughs> Sorry, Kefris. I hate all of this. Um, so that wraps it up for the sunsets for each of our wonderful players, which leaves only one last thing. After Sarkon has been 
transported to the plain of Tarkir, he finds his way back to the side of the would-be god pharaoh. And at this time, Bolas asks if he was able to salvage anything. And Sarkon nods and pulls out what looks like a foot from a bag that is alabaster white. And Sarkon places it onto a pedestal in this world that seems so dry and heated. For all of us at home, we would recognize this plane to be Amonket, the same plane that Ghost once dreamt of. And Sarkon bows before Bolas, and Bolas begins to work his sinister magics, and fiber by fiber, muscle by muscle, bone by bone, we watch as a spitting image of our dear boy Hubris, no missing arm, horns both fully unbroken, is reborn. And this Hubris sits up and smiles. And that is where we are going to call it for our game. So just because there's another book coming out doesn't mean it to make says you. <laughs> It's look, the newest magic block is Theros Beyond Death. What do you want me to do here? I can't just leave that. But with that, I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by. We're going to start our sign-offs now that Danae has ran away. Hey RJ, where can we find you? What do you do? Hey everybody, I'm RJ here on the channel, and you can catch me at rjustice2atl on Twitter and Twitch, where I tweet about the nerdy things in my life and stream some Destiny. I don't have a mature filter, so good luck, everybody. Uh, you can catch me here on Mondays as Kaelin, the Shatterkai Wizard Cleric, and coming up for our whew, Tomb of Annihilation game, I'll be playing as a Snakey Boy. Um, catch me also every other Sunday on G Game Night's channel as uh, Samic, a dragon aspected orc barbarian and um two hubrises are better than one especially one's evil i'm graybeard graybeard's tavern you can check my twitter for my schedule but uh let's see next up for me is thursday four o'clock over on encounter roleplay where i will be playing dr verrucht the uh mad scientist steampunk uh who is in a zombie apocalypse vampire encrusted world <sighs> it's everything's gone to hell right now so the devil is about to talk to the queen and possibly create a new transylvania in london so you know check that out at four o'clock friday night i'll be over on damn it barry's channel where i'll be running a uh mecha game uh one shot um and uh we'll see how that goes it's uh it's a game that's not actually out yet so uh good times there and then every other sunday g game nights i'm there playing my newly revealed character uh rex who uh we've just found out is uh actually a girl um i know i'm forgetting somebody but that's me for now check out my twitter and the schedule will be there 
Hi, I'm LB Hackamup, and I'm going to see Indoor in less than a week so I can punch him in person. <laughs> I make funny noises I, when you hit me. <laughs> I, uh, You can see me at LB Hackamup on the Twitters. I am posting kitten pictures every day this month, uh, and uh, I'll be out for the rest of the weekend, unfortunately, because I will be on said trip. But you can see me here next week, Tuesday, for a mystery game. Uh, and then after that, you can catch me on Sundays as Rin Rin, the uh, monk. Uh, she, I just love her so much. But uh, <laughs> next week on Wednesday, I will be playing on Nerd Immersion's channel as Siren, the uh, child of hubris and ghost. And uh, yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. <laughs> Denekeener.com. And speaking of DanaeKeener.com, hi everybody, I'm Danae Keener. You can find me at DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D and a lot of things on this channel. Wow, I've been doing drawings for this channel and not posting them. I really should do that. Do um, what? <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> you saw the one with Olivia and Corey. I just didn't post it. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess I'll do that. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, oh, God, I just about started from the beginning again. Uh, where is <laughs> I play on Mondays on this channel and sometimes Tuesdays, but that's going to change because I think our Tuesday game is going to be moving to Sunday very soon uh, as my husband Tyler returns from the war and starts uh, running Tomb of Annihilation. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there. Uh, sometimes I play here on Wednesdays to makehinner.com! And if you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am. But if you don't, hey fella, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the Indoor Adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash Indoor Adventures. We do shows like this Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mondays, we got our homebrew game. Tuesdays, next week, we'll have a mystery game, and then we'll have one more Tuesday after that, and then we are switching over to Sundays to start our Tomb of Annihilation game because it makes more sense for my personal schedule to switch it there so that way i can still work a full-time job as well as do this but hey if you support the show enough maybe i won't have to work a full-time job eventually and this will be my full-time job instead of it basically being like i work two jobs but uh the easiest way that you can do to support that is by going to patreon.com slash indoor adventures where you can gain access to our after show called knights in the courtyard where we answer questions not only from the community but also from each other and one last bit of uh one last bit of thing that i get that i get to say on this channel uh hey do you like dungeons and dragons do you like uh really early morning podcasts I'm going to be helping our dear friend Jordan of the Forgotten Realms Explained to co-host the uh, Saturday morning D&D show this week. So <laughs> consider going to check out, check that out. It'll be my second time hosting, so I will still be one away from as many times as LB has done it. But hey, we're working on it. So that is it for Waterdeep War of the Spark. I would like to say thank you to everybody who's decided to stop by and join us for this campaign. Thank you to all of these players for putting up with my bullshit, and we will see all of you guys next time. All right, everybody. Bye-bye! El Nicobolas! Nicobolas! Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>